This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning. I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, there was some big news at a 555 Rexdale Boulevard, home of Woodbine Entertainment this week. And CEO Jim Lawson will join us today to not only talk about the current Woodbine thoroughbred season that is coming to a close tomorrow, but also discuss one of the biggest announcements in years with the recent renaming of Woodbine's thoroughbred iconic event, the Queen's Plate, that will now see a name change and going forward will be known as the King's Plate. Shortly, Jim will discuss this important milestone decision made by Woodbine Entertainment and also talk about the year that was at both their Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks. And it was an impressive year for both. Also, friend of the show, Hall of Fame jockey Sandy Holly will join us again. And for the first time in a while, I might add, and over the course of a career that began in 1968 and lasted for 30 years, Sandy won just about every stakes race there was to win, including riding four Queen's Plate winners. And shortly, Sandy will join us and not only talk about the significance of the Queen's Plate name change, but also catch our listeners up on the life and retirement for this Hall of Fame Canadian jockey and great guy to boot, I must say. In addition, while it's a big week and two for friend of the show, Woodbine trader Laura Krasiskaiti, as her stakes-winning mayor, Silent Causeway, goes postward for the final time in her racing career today in Woodbine's big stakes event happening this weekend, a race that she happened to win last year. Laura, whose small stable has won at a high 21% this racing season, joins us to not only talk about today's big stakes race, but also about the future holds for both herself and Silent Causeway. And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson, so we'll once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Oh, man, it's going to be a great show. So you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine. Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, 
Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, the one and only Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you, Jim? Good. Lots of stuff coming up to let you know about, but first, you want to talk about something really cool, the online silent auction to support uh, to support our good friends on Lymphoma Canada. Yeah, we're going to do that. This will be our second annual one. That's right. We had our first one last year, and it was uh, pretty successful. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going to be posted on the Lymphoma Canada's website. There's sports memorabilia and hockey memorabilia and horse racing memorabilia and some guest experiences uh, from within the industry and that. And the uh, it'll run from January the 15th until January the 31st. It's only going to be two weeks this year instead okay. of the three and a half from last year. And... Uh, We'll probably uh, talk about it a little bit more in our last show of the year next next week. Okay, and actually we've got a special guest coming don't, on. Don't jinx us. I'm no. I'm I'm just going to say there's a potential special guest coming on. Okay, uh, that's involved uh, with Lymphoma Canada and has uh, basically a a sports background. And the only hint I'm going to say is uh, two words. Big goal. <laughs> and uh, big news this week from Woodbine Entertainment. Yeah, the uh, Queen's Plate was uh, officially renamed the King's Plate. So mm -hmm. it's gone basically, you could say, full circle where it was the King's Plate changed to the Queen's Plate. And now it's back to the uh, King's Plate. And yeah, it's something that uh, I know uh, they probably discussed over the last little while, and uh, it just—I I think it just made sense, right? So, well, it not only made sense, but I was—I mean, I was quite impressed, Larry. This made news everywhere. Well, it did. It did. In fact, uh, I did a little little stint uh, for this station yeah. on uh, Wednesday when the uh, news broke, and. Uh, yeah, it it, uh, it was on all the uh, main uh, news sources. And Absolutely. That, so. Outstanding. Once again, pleased to be joined by friend of the show, friend to all, a regular in Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, Woodbine Entertainment CEO, Jim Lawson. Jim, as always, welcome to the show. Jim and Larry, thrilled to be on again, so thank you for uh, having me on. Well, it's a pleasure, and the timing couldn't be more perfect. The huge announcement this week, the historic Queen's Plate changing the name to the King's Plate in honor of King Charles III, and it really sent, well, I mean, it made news everywhere. Yeah, it was it was uh, surprisingly big news. The the uh, just the outreach by media outlets, and uh, it all started on on the passing of of Her Majesty. Uh, I think I did about eighteen interviews uh, within a two day span, just talking about the relationship between Her Majesty and Woodbine, and Her Majesty and horse racing, and. Uh, and of course, part of that conversation at that time was, "What are you going to do about the name of the Queen's Plate?" And uh, at that time, um, my view was too big a decision for Jim Lawson to make, <laughs> and too early, out of respect for Her Majesty, to do anything. So uh, we took our time. We had some good discussion, and I'm I'm really comfortable with where we've ended up. Uh, it's been well received. I understand it was well received by His Majesty uh, at the beginning of this week, so um, we're really excited about it. Was it a difficult decision, uh, Jim, or uh, or not? Was it, uh, or was it because of protocol? I think it was only made more difficult 
because of the person uh, that she was. Um, you know, first of all, loved loved around the world, um, but more particularly, uh, a huge fan of horse racing. Meant so much to horse racing. Her support uh, just just was really uh, helpful to the to the sport around the world, and so it just made it more difficult. Like our, you know, she's left such a legacy in horse racing. Do you really want to change the name of your premier event? Um, we felt all along though, that the, the relationship with the monarchy and how we run the race and, and, and the ongoing relationship with, uh, with the monarchy was important for this race and following tradition. And, and that's what it came down to in the end. And, and I, I will add, I, I can, that it, can't say that I ever had this conversation with Her Majesty, uh, but uh, she, I think she would have wanted it this way. I think she mm-hmm. loved and re- yeah. obviously respected the tradition of of uh, the monarchy, and I, I think this, in her view, would have been the right thing to do. And that's the reaction uh, that we got secondhand this week from uh, from King Charles III. Outstanding. Uh, Sunday, August 20th, 2023, the Kings played at Woodbine Racetrack. Will King Charles III be in attendance? Well, we're hoping. He's certainly been extended an invitation, and uh, let's hope. I mean, I don't think he's arrived, uh, 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 come upon a final date uh, for a visit to Canada, but I do believe there are strong rumors out there that he's going to come to Canada uh, in 2023. And, uh, let's hope maybe he sees this and thinks that might be a a good event to plan around. And, uh, certainly we do the right thing of, uh, uh, I think the most important thing for, for the, for the, for the Royal family is that when they do visit, that they bring people from all different aspects of life. And I think we can, we can, we have a, a property here of size that, uh, we could we could organize uh, with the proper notice uh, an appropriate uh, uh, setting for him to come to and, and and visit lots of people from all different aspects of Canadian life. So let's hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a great way of bringing some new people into the sport, right? As fans. Yes, I mean uh, there, there's nothing like the the King's Plate. I got to get used to saying <laughs> that. To, uh, uh, to, to introducing new people. I mean, we're, we're so successful at, uh, at doing that and, uh, it's, uh, it, it just keeps growing and, and, and that's, uh, that makes my job and all the people here a lot of fun to, to plan around the, that opportunity. Speaking of Woodbine Entertainment CEO, Jim Lawson and Jim, I always think about your role, something like a, a Bill Belichick in football or, a great coach in hockey. You have a team, and you and your team have done a phenomenal job this year, Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk. Just consider the handle at both racetracks. That's a testament to the work and efforts of you and your staff. Incredible. Uh, they, the, I say this, and I, I don't say it uh, with, with, without firmly believing this, that, that we're the best in the industry. Um, we run... Uh, harness racing at Mohawk year-round, uh, 225 days. We run 133 days of, of thoroughbred racing. Uh, to run that many race cards in a year and with the quality we do it, and when I say quality, I mean with safety, number one, uh, integrity, uh, quality racing, um, seamless 
we do it well, and uh, it reflects. And our brand, I, when I say it reflects, the Woodbine brand is growing internationally. Uh, we set a new record in all sources handled this year. Uh, on the thoroughbred side, uh, we'll be in at about $620 million. Uh, That's almost $100 million more than our previous record in 2018. Our foreign sources wagering is going to break through $500 million on the thoroughbred side. Um, the, the record before that was $408 million in 2018. And our field sizes were, despite a, a, a difficult climate for horses across North America, uh, were 8.2 horses per race on the thoroughbred side here, which is incredible and a big testament to our racing department uh, who does it? I, I think they do it better than anyone. And uh, I'm so proud of the job, not only of racing, but uh, of marketing and wagering, our facilities people. All these things go into branding across the world, and it, and it shows up in the wagering. And obviously both Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park, it's a highlight reel all year, but pick a highlight of on the standardbred side and, the sta- and one on the thoroughbred side. Well, uh, I think my single proudest moment of the year was was the job we did with the with the Breeders' Crown. Um, boy, oh boy, just tremendous racing, record handle again. The hospitality uh, that we showed to the Hamiltonian Society and the owners, uh, I got nothing but positive feedback uh, about that weekend uh, of the Breeders' Crown, and and that stands out for me. Uh, but listen, um, we can pick any number of things. Just the stake schedule at both places, the uh, uh, the, the the handle at the Queen's Plate this year was the third highest ever. We set a record for the highest wind pool handle on the Queen's Plate at over a million dollars just in the wind pool alone on the Queen's Plate. Uh, the Woodbine Mile it was our second highest handle ever. Um, just outstanding performances, both on the uh, standard bread side and on the thoroughbred side. So I, I, I'm just tickled with, with how successful the year was, and, and it bodes well for the future. And all, all of that is about the, the, the growing popularity of the Woodbine brand uh, for both breeds. And to that end, Jim, as we look at the 2023 Woodbine Entertainment and the Woodbine property itself is on the verge of some really big and great things just for listeners, just update them what we can look forward to in 2023 from Woodbine, the property in Woodbine Entertainment. Well, uh, you will see the opening of, of the Trackside Hotel. It's a beautiful hotel, six stories overlooking the track. Uh, horse racing patrons will be clamoring for rooms there, I suspect. Mm. Uh, the casino is going to open and 5,000-seat music auditorium. And uh, hopefully uh, that is going to bring a lot of new visitors. I'm very optimistic that we're going to be having a retail sports book. Yes, you heard it here first on uh, with you two guys. Oh. I'm very optimistic that we're going to get a retail sports book in 2023 at uh, Woodbine and at Mohawk. And uh, we're hoping for a big announcement on the train station, which will just open up this whole property in terms of for employees, for customers, uh, for businesses to grow here. And with uh, horse racing being 
the focal point of the whole 700 acres. It's uh, it's an exciting year, uh, and uh, the casino and hotel and and uh, and auditorium, music auditorium opening are are really uh, uh, going to be fun, and we're expecting that uh, in and around May for all three of those facilities. Hmm. That's the perfect segue to our next topic, Jim, is uh, <laughs> sports betting and the integration of uh, horse racing into. Uh, the uh, the sports betting platforms. Uh, what's the status on that? Well, we're as I say, I, I think we're we're making good progress uh, with OLG as a partner potentially on retail sports books. Uh, I met with them last night, in fact, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we will um, we will have some good news there. Uh, I, I don't see any real impediment for us uh, attaching our horse racing content onto the platforms of these major sports betting operators. We're working through the technology uh, federally. I've, I've said this to you guys before, the CPMA and, uh, and the Attorney General's office is fine as long as it is pari mutual and it is on our system. Uh, we're simply attaching uh, our content and our system onto the platforms of these major sports betting operators uh, the technology uh, it has taken longer than we thought to have that uh, work through with the government, but I'm hoping that will happen, and that will be a real boon for for our business to, uh, to open up uh, just a whole new world of customers. And and uh, as again I said to you guys before, uh, just marketing powerhouses. When you think of of the big names in sports betting, and they're they're anxious. I mean, there's an article that uh, that came out. This week by Dave Briggs in Play Canada uh, about the relationship between horse racing and sports betting. And they, uh, what Dave did was got, uh, as part of that article, got interviews uh, with PointsBet in particular uh, in terms of they're very anxious. And we know there are other partners that are very anxious to put uh, horse racing content on their sports betting platform. So it could be a real good year for us. And uh, I, I've... Uh, I'm very hopeful and optimistic that you're both going to see horse racing digitally, online, and uh, retail sports books uh, at Woodbine and Mohawk. You know, Jim, when you think about where the world was at the end of 2020 and the end of 2021, here we are at the end of 2022, and the year that Woodbine Entertainment just had and what you're looking forward to next year – you talk about adversity makes someone stronger. Do you think that after what you and Woodbine's got to come through through the last couple of years, it's made you a better executive and a better person going forward? Well, <laughs> oh, a better executive, a better person. First of all, I'll say generally, I think we, I, I think we are stronger coming out of this. Um, we, we've had to be more nimble. We've had to move customers online. Uh, it, it, it's really helped. Uh, in the new economy, and uh, it's been good for our business. In terms of, of in terms of myself, I don't want to get too personal here, but I would say that um, you always have room to grow throughout your career, and, and I think that we have we worked very hard and cooperatively with the horse racing community. Uh, to get through the pandemic and understood that we are all working through this together and the the COVID protocols, uh, the work that we did 
with the AGCO and the OLG and in all breeds in the province, including quarter horse racing, to distribute purses. I, I, I think it was it was good. Uh, at least I feel very comfortable in, in, in that uh, that that cooperation is what's going to make this this sport of horse racing be around for generations in this province is is the relationships that we've built and and the trust in each other that I think we that I know we've built uh, with with the stakeholders in this province and uh, in this period. Uh, required a lot of trust and a lot of faith, and, and uh, we're in good shape, and that bodes well for the future. Indeed, Larry. So basically, Jim, moving forward into uh, next year, I, I, I sense a high sense of optimism, probably more so than the past couple of years because of COVID and shutdowns and everything, right? Yeah, I, I hope you hear to my voice. I'm I'm really excited with with where we're at, um, I, you know, the, the brand, and I, I know I mentioned it earlier in this conversation, we are on a roll. We've got a great management team, uh, our, our, our broadcasting, our simulcasting, just our production. Um, I'll mention the, the Stella Artois Terrace. I mean, yes, it, it, yes. It, had a, <laughs> it had a five-star rating on open, open table. It opened in July and it was sold out. And I can't wait to have a whole season of the Stella Artois, uh, Terrace open this year. And, um, it, it's just, uh, it, it, it bodes well for everything we're doing, the technology, the improvements, uh, the people we're going to go from somewhere like, 7 million people up to 12 or 14 million people visiting the property annually, you know, starting this summer. And, uh, and that's just going to, uh, be tremendous for horse racing. And so there, there's a lot of optimism in the air and, and there should be, and, you know, it, it's taken all of our stakeholders to get through this together. And, uh, we just have to continue to work together and keep it going. Oh, Jim, thank you so much for you personally and Woodbine Entertainment. We are so appreciative of your support and everything you've done and all the best over the holidays. And here's to an awesome 2023, my friend. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for having me on this year, guys. Uh, uh, look forward to next year and, and all the best over the holidays to, to both of you and, and take care. And we'll see you in 23. Thank Amen you. to that. See you, Jim. Take care. When we come back, friend of the show, Sandy Holly will join us. On Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Please stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. 
Ontario Racing. The excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, it's been a while since friend of the show and Hall of Fame jockey Sandy Hawley has joined us, and he's back today, and who better to talk about the significance of the Queen's Plate name change but the winner of four separate Queen's Plates. Sandy, welcome to the show as always. Thank you. Gentlemen, great to be on. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure. I mean, for someone with you, uh, with your resume, with your career, with your history of the Queen's Plate, what was your reaction to the name change? You know what? I, I knew that uh, would be coming because at one time it was the uh, King's Plate. Uh, at least I was back in the, uh, I guess, 1895, I think, uh, King George, the uh, I think the sixth or something like that, until 1952, until Queen Elizabeth uh, II, uh, you know, it became the Queen's Plate. And now uh, I figured it would be back to the King's Plate, which, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, you won the Queen's Plate four times in your riding career. Do you remember the first one? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty exciting. Uh, a horse called Almoner. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he was uh, he was a pretty nice horse. Um, yeah, the next one, the next one, I think, was um, uh, Kennedy Road, and then Longelier, and then Regal and Brakes. For someone like you with a career like you've had and racing in all these significant races, Sandy, um, to look back and think you've won a race like the Queen's Plate four times has to make you feel good. You know what? It was it was tremendous just to be in the race. And I remember as a, as a youngster, you know, watching it on TV as a kid and and uh, wondering, wow, that's, that's so cool to be in a race like that. It's like our Canadian Kentucky Derby, which is, is pretty exciting to, to be in any of those races. And to have won it four times, it's uh, unthinkable. It's, it's like a dream come true. And you also rode in the in the Queen's Plate a few other times. Were there any that you maybe were disappointed that you didn't win? Um, All of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, there is. There is. I finished second. Uh, uh, I remember uh, finishing second one time, and you know, wish I wish I could have won it. And uh, I think um, I think it was on a horse Regal Classic. I think a horse called Regal Intention beat me, and then we went to the Prince of Wales, and we beat him. Uh, a nose or a head or something in the Prince of Wales, but uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have the record of five Queen's Plates, but it's such an honor to be there with Rollin Platts and Avalino Gomez with four Queen's Plates wins. You alluded to Kennedy Road earlier, and sometimes maybe um, present-day horse racing fans and present-day people may not realize just what a Hall of Fame special horse that was. You know what? He he really was, and not only did he win the Queen's Plates and, and a number of other big races as well. He went to California and Charlie Winningham trained him in California and the great Bill Shoemaker actually rode him and won some big races on him in California. And it's really funny when I moved to California and 
became friends with Bill Shoemaker. He invited me over to his house to play cards one night, and <laughs> I went into his bathroom, and on his wall, here's a picture of him in the winter circle on Kennedy Road, and I go, I know that horse. <laughs> that was pretty cool. So would he have been the best horse that you ever rode then? He's, you know what, he's definitely up there with one of the best horses uh, I ever rode. I mean, Longelur, he was a, a tremendous horse, too, that uh, won the Queen's Plate. Uh, you know, but uh, Kennedy Road is up there with the best, uh, another horse called Youth that I won the Washington and Canadian Internationals on. He only raced twice in North America, and then he retired as a three-year-old. He was just a tremendous horse as well. Um, so lucky to ride so many nice horses in California as well. And it's almost like uh, you know, trying to compare hockey players or baseball players, which one was the best. Uh, they're, they're all great horses. You know, Sandy, that's a, a, the great thing about your career. You've ridden in so many big races on both sides of the border. But as a jockey, you try to approach each race the same as a professional. But do, do you realize the pomp and circumstance and the significance of a Queen's Plate and what you are about to mount a horse in a very special event? Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm telling you, you get pretty nervous when you're riding in the Queen's Plate. It's definitely a, a race that, uh, you know, you want to have under your belt. And it's, uh, you know, with, with the with the royalty that's involved. And, of course, I think the Queen was, uh, Queen Elizabeth was here like four times. I had an opportunity to meet her twice. And, you know, it's it's just unbelievable that it's associated with the Queen's, you know, the Queen's Plate itself which is tremendous. And I think Prince Philip, I met Prince Philip uh, a couple of times as well. And it's just so cool to, you know, <laughs> to be in their presence. Now, I guess just changing the subject still on horse racing and that you hold the single day record of seven wins. Uh, how come you didn't have eight? Didn't you have an eighth mount? <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened? Uh, you know, what's crazy is that uh, I, I want to race earlier for, one of the owners and the owner wanted me to ride his horse in the last race too. And my agent ended up taking a different horse. His horse won. It was Sam Lima's horse actually. Mm -hmm. And and Sam, uh, the late Sam Lima and his horse ended up winning the last race. So if uh, my agent Colin Mech had taken that mount, it would have been eight. But, uh, you know, unfortunately I I think I finished second or third in the race, but yeah, that was a story that Sam Lima has, told me many times you should have rolled both my horses that day you should have fired colin wick after that too right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> speaking with hall of fame jockey well, when, I, when i look at colin wick uh, how lucky i was to have an agent like that he was he was definitely the best agent ever in canada and when i think about it you know what he he did a tremendous job when we went across the border as well he was he was just a, a an amazing agent he was a character everybody loved him and he knew his horses that's for sure Speaking with Hall of Fame jockey Sandy Holly on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Hockey's in your DNA. You're a huge hockey fan. Um, you, I would assume you played a little hockey growing up, but when did you make a decision, Sandy, as a young age, like, I'm going to be a jockey? Well, you know what? Everybody is a youngster when they're growing up in Canada. You want to be a hockey player, an NHL hockey player. But, yeah, I stopped, I stopped growing. <laughs> <laughs> When I was in, uh, and I didn't realize how small I was until I saw some of the videos of uh, when I was a kid, when I was playing baseball, I thought, holy mackerel, I was pretty small. <laughs> but it was my Uncle Webb Bride, God rest his soul. He was the one that uh, mentioned to me when I was 16 years old, you're the right size. You should think about becoming a jockey. And you know what? I never really, I, I was never really around horses before. 
uh, maybe a couple of riding trail horses a couple of times in my life. But other than that, I, I really wasn't around horses at all. And it was my uncle that sparked the interest in my mind. And so I started bugging him, when are we going to go to the racetrack? When are we going to the racetrack? So we lived in Oshawa, of course, and we went to Winfield Farms. He took me for an interview. I ended up having an interview with Duke Campbell. He actually called up Winfield Farms and said, I've got a young man here. He's thinking about becoming a jockey. We'd love to come out and meet Mr. E.P. Taylor. <laughs> well, that didn't, that didn't happen until later in my career. But at the same time, uh, Duke Campbell, uh, who is also in the Hall of Fame, Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame, he was training. He was actually boarding his horses at Mr. Taylor's farm. And I went and I met him, and, and what a blessing it was to meet uh, Mr. Duke Campbell, who became like my second father. Hmm. Well, that's a perfect segue into our next topic, Sandy. Uh, Winfield's Farm and Oshawa, where you uh, were, were growing up. And uh, basically, I guess the last time we had you on the show, they had just named a park after you in, in, in Oshawa. And I know when I saw you in over the summer, you had just basically gone, I guess, for the ribbon-cutting ceremony. And that, What did that feel like? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was tremendous, you know, and it brought back a lot of memories of when I first started at Winfield Farms. I uh, had my first job there. I uh, worked in the broodmare barn and, and learned how to muck stalls and learned how to actually break yearlings and gallop horses at Winfield Farms. And I remember John, uh, Mayor John Henry was a mayor back when they called me up, and I think it was about three years ago, and they hadn't built the park yet, but they said, we're planning on building a park, and we want to know if it's okay if we make it in your name. And I said, wow. I said, yeah, that's a, a tremendous honor. And... Uh, um, Mayor John Henry, uh, he moved on to, uh, uh, I think he uh, became a member of Parliament. And Dan Carter now, Mayor Dan Carter is the mayor in Oshawa now. And he was the one that made the presentation to me that, uh, you know, I, <laughs> the park would be in my name. And my lovely wife, Carew, uh, and myself and my family was there. And it was just a tremendous honor. I know you well enough, Sandy, to know that you're humble to a fault. Like that's that kind of almost messed me as much as you were uh, proud of it. Almost a little embarrassing. Well, they named a park after me. That's that's my name up there. You know, like. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned to uh, one of the, the jockeys here in Kentucky. I said, uh, "Hey, they're 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 going to be they're going to honor me with uh, the park," and they said, well, "What are they going to call it?" <laughs> <laughs> But okay, thank you very much. I think it's going to be Sandy Holly Park, but I'm not sure. <laughs> that was Mickey, Mickey Solomon, a friend of mine, a fellow jockey. But uh, we got some characters, I'll tell you, in the racing world. Yeah, indeed. And there is a special significance as well. I guess maybe for our listeners, Sandy, talk about the park and its connection with um, the esteemed Winfield's Farm. Well, you know what, uh, Winfield Farms. It, I hated to see it go. But they had built a beautiful subdivision there between tw- um, uh, Tribute Homes and Winfield Farms. Uh, you know, they got together and, and built a, a beautiful subdivision. Unfortunately, Mr. E.P. Taylor passed away, and then Mr. Charles Taylor passed away. And Noreen Taylor, the wife of uh, Charles Taylor, she kept it going for a long time. But then I guess they just got to the point where it's time to, to move on. But they had built a beautiful subdivision, and... I'm so honored, and it's a beautiful park, too, that they built there. So it's uh, pretty cool. Sandy, couldn't happen to a nicer individual. We always love having you on. All the best to you and the family for the holidays, my friend. 
Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Jim. And, and all the best to yours as well. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. Sandy Hawley, Hall of Fame jockey. Now, he had mentioned Kennedy Road, and I looked it up, Larry. Now, this is remarkable. In 45 races, Kennedy Road, 17 wins on both sides of the border. Mm-hmm. Now, this reminds me when they look back at, like, Jack Nicholas in his prime winning all those. But he only won $481,000 because it was the early 70s. Could you imagine how much money 17 wins in today's horse racing would, would pull in for a horse? You'd be talking millions. It would have to be, right? Yeah, you would. And, and Kennedy Road, I saw Kennedy Road race a couple of times, and he was a super horse. And uh, Sandy, he fit him to a glove. Uh, he really, you know, rode him well. And it's amazing the connection here to York Region. A breeder, Angus Glen Farm, the owner, Helen Stollery, and the Stollery's in Angus Glen. Mm-hmm. Such a rich tradition in that part of Markham. And we forget it was in the, the GTA at the time, there were a lot of major horse farms just outside city limits. Well, that's what was keeping horse racing going back then, Jim, was Winfield's Farm. We just talked to, to Sandy about the, you know, the involvement of Winfield's mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what they brought. They brought Northern Dancer. Uh, Angus Glenn, they brought Kennedy Road, right? And, you know, everybody seemed, you know, had three or four or five major breeders, and they all had basically a keystone horse that uh, people could relate to. And and the amazing thing for Canadian horse racing fans, you had Northern Dancer in the mid-60s, and then a few years later, then you have Kennedy Road. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a nice little stretch of Canadian horses making huge inroads in the world of horses. And they were able to go to the U.S. and, and... and basically strut their stuff for, for Canada, like, you know, Northern Dancer won the Kentucky Derby and, and Kennedy Road, uh, he crossed the border. And, well, like, and then Willie Shoemaker, I mean, you talk about well, a yeah, legend like Sandy, him. Yeah, like uh, Sandy said that, uh, you know, the horse went to California and Willie Shoemaker uh, rode the horse, so. I love it. After the break, when we come back, Woodbine trainer Laura Krasiskaidi will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned, please. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. 
Hey, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, Woodbine trainer Laura Kresseskydy joins us today as we head into the last weekend of the Woodbine thoroughbred season. Today could be considered a bittersweet race day for Laura as not only will she saddle Silent Causeway in the $100,000 big stakes race that she happened to win last year, but after today, Silent Causeway will be retired to become a broodmare. Laura, as always, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me again. Uh, it's a pleasure. On your Instagram, you had a very heartfelt photo of you talking to your jockey in Silent Lake Causeway. And for maybe for listeners don't realize, uh, don't understand, you developed quite a bond with this horse. Yes, I did. From the day I bought her, we had a connection. She was, she reminded me a lot like me. <laughs> She's stubborn and uh, independent and not easy to be tamed. So yes, we we grew together. And I guess... The story is you paid what four thousand dollars for her as a as a yearling, and she's made what close to three hundred ninety thousand. Correct? Yes, that's correct. That's not a bad correct. return, it's, eh? It's it's very good. <laughs> yes, she's she's a she's a very phenomenal athlete. Like I'm very pleased. I'm very happy. She's been always an honest horse. She she always tried in every race for four thousand dollars. A lot of people misjudged her. She's amazing. She's got a big heart and she knows her job. So. And what do you think about her chances in today's big stakes race? You know what? I'm feeling very good about it. Looking at her and how she's training, and after that Scarlet win, we treated as a gallop, she came back even more stronger, more positive, happier. She sneezes every day. I walk her. I have to put a lift chain on her because she's so aggressive in the walk and uh, training. And she's just, she's ready. She, I, I have a side, you know, Patrick husband's on, so her happy and me happy, seeing her being happy. I'm very positive. I'm very positive. I have a good feeling about tomorrow's race and extremely excited. Yeah, and like she won a seven furlong race two weeks ago. So you chose to basically use that as a workout rather than work her up to the race? Yes. Yes. We we use that as a workout. Basically gallop. She was never touched. Yeah. When you're dealing with the, the jockey for a race like this, how specific are you for strategy? Because there's an interesting photo of you in deep conversation with your jockey. For maybe listeners don't understand, what would a trainer tell a jockey leading with a big race like today? <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> knowing Silent Cosway and knowing Patrick's husband, I actually don't have to tell him nothing because he knows her the best. Hmm. He knows how precise she is and he knows how to ride her. So he just leaves her alone because with her, you can't pick her hands up. You can't touch her mouth unless you're telling her, signaling her to go. So if you, you know, if you just sit in position quietly, let her, let her position herself, keep your hands down. The horse will keep the pace. She will, if you pay attention, she will take off from the gate and then she'll slow down a little bit. So once your hands are not moving, she'll position herself a little bit farther, farther back from the group. Yeah, and then down the stretch, you know, it's time to go, and that's when Patrick makes the move, picks his hands, tell her go, and then she goes. That's how she operates. So hopefully it goes like that tomorrow, and we get it done. Okay. Now, uh, I guess maybe for our listeners, talk a little bit. She's going to be retired after today's race, and uh, how does how does that work then, just for our listeners? Uh, you basically give her some time off here, and then you you're, you ship her to, what, Kentucky? And uh, and then who are you going to breed her to? Well, 
she is retiring as I've been announcing it and we're going to send her home from Woodbine. She'll come home for a couple of weeks to rest till we get a trailer and uh, she'll go to Kentucky and I'm planning to breed her to uh, Caraconti. Caraconti stands at Gainesway Farms. It's a uh, it's a Japanese bred stallion that also carries uh, Sunday silent blood. So what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to double breed Sunday silence. And hopefully we'll have a little Prince of Grace because he already produced a little Prince of Grace from silent name with that cross blood. So hopefully we'll have the same bloodline, cross and Princess Grace. And she did amazing. I've seen her race and make over a million, almost a million and a half. And then she just recently got sold for million seven at the November mix sale. So, so that's my goal to get a bread and find a little Princess Grace, win a lot of great stakes, and we'll plan the 2024 breeding. And my plan already uh, set. I'm planning to go with American Feral. We also nicked really nice with her carrying A plus plus bloodlines on the turf and distance. You had just mentioned a Japanese horse, and Larry and I have noticed the Japanese horse racing industry has made a lot of inroads in North America and bringing over a lot of quality horses. What are they doing right that has become so successful in the horse racing industry? Well, Japanese people, from what I understand, they're very keen how they breed horses. They don't just go and cross any blood. They study inside out, and they do want to find um, turf horses where you've seen them a couple of years in the Breeders' Cup, had a quite success at the same cross of Sunday Silence. Like, I love what they breed. Mm-hmm. Sunday Silence is misunderstood for a little while with America. So I know he wasn't the best confirmation, but the, he had he had a big heart. He was very competitive. He, he made over $4 million in earnings, you know, so trying to bring that blood back. Yeah. All right. Where did uh, the interest in training come from? And if you hadn't become a trainer, what do you think you'd be doing? If I wouldn't become a trainer? <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> That's an interesting question. To be honest, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I would be because this is what I love doing. This is my passion. This is my my heartbeat. What are some of your goals for 2023, Laura? Well... 2023. My goal is to win as many races as possible and maybe even hit a greatest stake. Okay, Laura. Thank you very much. As always, we enjoy your insight. All the best, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. And good luck. Thank you so much. Th- oh, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You guys, a- keep up the work. Well, thank you, Laura. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Uh, and, you know, I, and she brought up an interesting point about uh, the breeding and the bloodlines. If, for Maybe people don't realize she's talking about breeding a specific horse for turf as opposed to a specific horse for maybe dirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think with that too is she studies and she studies the pedigree. She goes back three, four, five generations and uh, she's got a sharp eye mm-hmm. for yearlies. Obviously, like Silent Causeway was a $4,000 uh, buy and has made like close to 390000 And if she happens to, to win today... You know, she's going to be over four hundred thousand. That's pretty good investment, eh? <laughs> I, 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 if you if you can find that for my financial advisor, please let them know, Larry. But that I mean that this is I think where sometimes racing fans forget about it. They, they see their their horse coming into the gate. How long it took to even get there? The 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 science behind it, the research, mm-hmm. the homework, making sure you're breeding the right horses together, and the grooming and the training. It's it's quite a process. Well, you're seeing. Basically today, it going full circle. Like Silent Causeway is going to race, and uh, hopefully for Laura's sake wins, 
And then she's going to be retired. And she said she's taking it back to the farm, let her uh, kind of uh, get acclimatized a bit. Then mm-hmm. she gets on a van and she goes to Kentucky and, and she's going to be bred. And then, like, she's already got it planned for 2024, who the horse is going to go back to as as a, a broodmare. So, Did she not mention American Pharaoh as one of the yeah, sires? Yeah, she's planning on American Pharaoh in uh, uh in 2024 because American Pharaoh is known to be a good turf sire mm-hmm. and Silent Causeway has got a lot of turf breeding in her. So you've got turf and turf. So, you know. So now you're looking two or three years beyond that. So she's setting herself up and setting up her, her I guess, her stable of horses, champion mm-hmm. horses for the next four, five, six years. Well, I think that's how you build your build your brand, build your stable, right? You have to look down the road. It's not exactly what's happening today. It's, it's you know, what's going to happen tomorrow or tomorrow and, and next year and the following year, you know, because it's, it's, it's well, it's like any sport team, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're out. You've you don't just got show up and win. Yeah. You always got a, a firm team. Yeah. That yeah. You, and that, you know, you got to get players from. And, and draft. And, and, and draft and the whole bit. Well, it's the same here. You've got to kind of work a basically a four or five or six year plan, maybe even longer. Because of, you know you're dealing with with animals and not not people. So I, I just and the one thing that stands out with Laura and all the trainers we've ever had on this show, it's there. Yes, they make money by winning, but mm-hmm. you don't become a trainer at that level without that all-consuming passion. I was just going to say it's passion, and and uh, you know you, we've had Mark Cassie on here, and 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 uh, we had Donnie McRae last week, yeah, and. Uh, We've had Danny Vela, and I'm probably missing a couple, but you're right. It's always, it's passion, and it's passionate for the horse, and, you know, and, and they they love horses. It's not and a hobby. This is this is like, this is their life. Yeah, it's a business, but it's, you know, just one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, it's they have to be passionate, and they love it. And, uh, you know, you heard Laura, like, uh, you know, what would you be doing if you were a trainer? She had no right? idea. I don't know. She goes, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's why we love Laura. Yeah. Hey, after the break, Larry Simpson will look at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's Ponies Fix today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing, Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, before we wrap up the show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? As Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by our good friends at Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, take it away. Thanks, Jim. It's uh, hard to believe that we're talking about the last weekend of racing at uh, Woodbine for the uh, season. It went by uh, fast, eh? It did, yeah. And uh, But you know what? you got plenty of betting opportunities because there's 13 races on today's card and another 14 tomorrow. So that's 27 races. Like uh, That's a potpourri. Oh, nice. Yeah. Dropping that in. Okay. Dropping that one, yeah. All right, so let's start uh, today uh, at Woodbine. It's uh, race three is a maiden special weight at seven furlongs. Uh, it's a purse of one hundred and twenty-three thousand two hundred dollars for fillies three-year-olds and up. You see, several of these fillies entered moving up in class. So I'm going to go with the new face and number eight, Dark Dahlia, who's a three-year-old by the good sire Violence, who is eighteen percent with horses making their first start. Violence is also the sire of Forte, who won the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile this year. So. Mm. Uh, He's uh, quite a good uh, good sire, one that's really coming along. Dark Dahlia's mother, the Teacups, was a stakes winner and is also the mother of the Stakes Plays Velvet Slippers. So this is a very good family that this first-time starter comes from. Uh, Dark Dahlia has worked three times since November at five furlongs. And new friend of the show, trainer Donnie McRae, uh, wins 13% of the time with first-time starters. Uh, that's not enough, then you also have to take into consideration that jockey Rafael Hernandez rode two other horses in today's race in their last start and ends up on Dark Dahlia, so he must like the horse as well. Mm -hmm. So Woodbine, race three, number eight, Dark Dahlia. Next. As I said, since this will be the last we'll have Woodbine picks for a, a bit, I'm going to make an extra selection. Perhaps we can call it our long shot play of the oh, day. Oh, okay. Um, Let's go to race 11. It's a 32,000 optional claimer for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up. Can't read my own writing. <laughs> uh, for a purse of $111,400, it's a mile and a 16th on the tapita, and there's 10 horses signed on. Number seven, Shanghai Shamrock, is 12 to 1 in the morning line and has all the look of a live long shot, I think. Uh, Shanghai Shamrock made her first belated start to the season and first for trainer Lane Guilaforte on October 29th, which was a $50,000 optional claimer at six and a half furlongs on the turf at uh, Woodbine. And despite being off for more than a year, I think that uh, Shanghai Shamrock performed very well with a small run in the stretch to finish fifth. She obviously needed the race, and since that start, she has worked four times at five furlongs. They're all well spaced works hmm. and the last one on december 4th was in a minute and four breezing so that's that's moving um as mentioned earlier shanghai shamrock has dropped in class today uh it's not a major uh, drop so that anything that 
you know, it should make a difference in, in today's outcome, I think, because of the fact that uh, this slight difference in, in class may help this horse. The fact that it's its second start is, should help. And speaking on the second start, uh, trainer Elaine Guilaforte in a small sample is 33% with horses making their second start over a 108-day period. So that's uh, that's pretty good, 33%. So there's your long shot play, uh, Woodbine, race 11, number 7, Shanghai Shamrock. Pretty cool name. Next? Yep. Okay, California thoroughbred season shifted to Los Alamitos for a short pre-Christmas meet. Uh, there's nine races on tap. Race two is a maiden 40,000 claimer at a mile on the dirt, a purse of $27,000. It's only six horses going postward, but one that I like is number two, Devil Moon, who had a very eventful trip a couple of weeks ago back at Del Mar. In that race, Devil Moon broke through the starting gate. <laughs> <laughs> they grabbed her, grabbed him, put him back in. And uh, once he got out on the track, he actually made a really good move in the stretch, rallying down on the inside, and he just got beat a nose. Uh, now, this was uh, De- uh, Devil Moon's first start in a maiden claimer, and not surprising, he was claimed for $20,000 out of this race. And it's a good sign today because he's entered in a $50,000, uh, $40,000 claiming event. So they must like the horse. Hmm. Uh, Devil Moon's trainer is 25%, listen to this, first off the claim. And this horse is bred for today's one-mile distance. So let's go at Los Alamitos, race two, number two, Devil Moon. Next. Okay, Woodbine Mohawk Park offers a 10-race card tonight, including the traditional valedictory stakes, which is race two on the card. I'm going to look at race six, which is a one-mile pace, purse of $22,000. There's eight pacers being entered, including number five, commanding officer, who I think may offer some value tonight. Uh, Commanding officer, uh, last race, I believe, looks better than you might think first off, where he finished fifth, beating four and a half lengths. Now, when you drill down on it, Commanding officer, you'll note he had missed a week going into last week's race. He left from the seven hole, but most importantly, though, is his last race was against a horse by the name of Desperate Man, who, if you look at race nine tonight, you will find Desperate Man in that race, and that's the preferred. So uh, last week, though, Desperate Man was able to drop down and win, and a horse like commanding officer, he was forced to pick up some of the lesser spoils. So... He, uh, he's, I think he can drop, he's actually dropping down an additional class tonight, uh, the commanding officer, and I believe he should be able to handle tonight's field from a cozy post five. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race six, number five, commanding officer. And you have an extra special one today. Yeah, let's go to the Meadowlands. They have a 14 race card tonight, and race 13 is a one mile pace for purse of $10,500 with nine horses signed on. I like this, so number seven, Truffle Dog, <laughs> has been showing the signs recently and actually drops down a class to compete tonight. Uh, last race, Truffle Dog was parked and then double parked and closed a bit to finish third. He was race timed in 151 and 1 and had a last quarter in 27 seconds flat. Uh, as noted earlier, that last race for Truffle Dog was at a class higher, and this uh, five year old should enjoy the slight class drop tonight. Uh, he's a winner of eight races lifetime, four this year, and Truffle Dog attracts leading driver Dexter Dunn. Uh, to drive again tonight, and he was in the bike the last start. So we have that much-discussed second-time driver angle, right? So uh, let's go with Meadowlands. Race 13, number 7, 
Truffle Dog. Perfect. And a special order, our buddy Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. As always, goodbye and thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy to the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one was released recently, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. And donate to the cause, and don't forget to listen to next week's show as we announce the dates for a second online silent auction or sports and horse racing memorabilia and guest experiences that will help support the good work in Lymphoma Canada. Stick around, 105.9 The Region, all week long. The Legend and Rumors up next with the Feed York Region's only magazine show. Tomorrow we celebrate the ninth anniversary of the radio station. I'll be back here Monday morning. Happy ninth anniversary to 105.9 The Region. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.